What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Harvest Men's Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors that oversees the men's ministry here at Harvest Riverside. This week's conversation will come from our study in Acts chapter 3 and 4, titled Power in the Name of Jesus. Now, for most of us, the name of Jesus has always carried a sound of holy reverence. Ever since the incarnate birth of our Savior, the name of Jesus has been more than just a common name known throughout the world. The Bible declares it is a name set apart from all other names. It's a name with great authority and power. It's a name which declares exclusive access to the Father. And it's a name that holds a particular identity and divinity to the Son of God. This great name, Jesus, has been preached and proclaimed for over 2,000 years by Christians by serving as the banner for hope, healing, comfort, deliverance, forgiveness, and grace for many generations. In John 20, 31, the word declares that when a person believes in Jesus, they will receive new life in his name. Yet sadly, in recent years, the name of Jesus has been regulated and demoted, serving more as a signal to the end of our prayers to God. We, including myself, have used Jesus' name as a kind of holy period rather than a declaration of his divine power, will, and sovereignty. Regardless if this has convicted you of your past prayers, the Bible clearly states that the name of Jesus is not just a closing statement in our requests or a magical word used to get what we want from God. Rather, it is a verification to whom we belong, believe, and boast in, that in the name of Jesus we have received power to be a witness for his namesake and to receive wisdom from above to know his divine purpose for his glory. It is in this divine name we find assurance in all of life's seasons, whether it be our persecution or our prosperity. As we continue to learn in our study through Acts, I want us to use the next few minutes to consider a question asked by the religious leaders concerning the power and the name of Jesus. Before we get there, I want to point out two previous questions and responses the author writes up until the point in Acts concerning Jesus' power and name. Now, the first question and response recorded in the book of Acts is found in chapter 1, when the disciples asked Jesus, Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? To which Jesus replied, It is not for you to know the time or season set by the Father, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Here we see that the author emphasizes the empowerment of the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples of Jesus for a unique purpose. They were given power by God so that they would receive divine help as they set out to be witnesses to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Secondly, the second question appears in chapter 2. After the Holy Spirit is poured out on the believers according to Joel, Peter empowered by the Spirit, gives the first gospel message declaring Jesus to be both Lord and Christ. As Peter finished his sermon to the listening crowd, the scripture says, When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? To which Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Here, Luke again points to the authority and power of Jesus, specifically emphasizing the name of Jesus to be the declaration of salvation to the one whom calls upon and is saved by his name. In doing so, those who believe submit to the lordship of Jesus as the Christ, repenting of their unbelief and being baptized into the new community of Jesus. Following these two accounts leads us to the third question concerning the power and name of Jesus. In Acts 3, God's word tells us that there was a remarkable healing of a lame man. It says that as Peter and John approached the temple at the hour of prayer, they encountered a man crippled from birth, laying at the beautiful gate, begging for alms daily. When the lame man saw Peter and John, he asked them for alms. Rather than giving charity to the man, Peter said to him, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The scriptures tell us that the man was immediately made strong, walking and leaping, giving praise to God. Right after this miracle took place, Peter looked to the crowd and gave a bold gospel appeal to repent and to believe in the risen Christ. It is here in the narrative that we are told the religious leaders were annoyed by the apostles' teaching, specifically towards the resurrection, leading them to arrest the two apostles. On the next day, the word of God says all the religious leaders and scribes gathered in Jerusalem and set the two apostles before the council, probing them, asking, by what power or by what name do you do this? This is an astonishing question for us to consider. Throughout Acts, the name of Jesus is thematic displaying the power and authority of Christ in and through his church. As we saw, according to Acts 1, it is through the power of the Spirit that Jesus continues to do mighty works through the apostles to be a witness of him to the ends of the earth. And according to Acts 2 and 3, it is in the authority of Jesus' name that the people are set free from sin and sickness, re revealing the power of the new kingdom being established by Christ. What is more interesting for us to understand is that this language used by the means of the name is not a new occurrence to the Jewish audience. For in the Old Testament scriptures, great importance is given to the name of the Lord, Yahweh or Yahweh, especially when it comes to claiming what he has done or spoken. For example, in Exodus 3:13 and 14, it says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Here God declares his name to be I am or better translated in the Hebrew, Yahweh. This name of God is known to be his holy covenant name used by the people of God. Again, in Joel 2.32, the Old Testament states that it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Yahweh, shall be saved. It is no coincidence then to see the phrase, the name of, being used here at the beginning of Christianity. 
Yet instead of using the covenant name Yahweh or the Lord, the apostles used the name Yeshua or Jesus, which in the Hebrew means salvation or God saves. Therefore, Jesus Christ means the anointed Savior. Remarkably, Jesus' divinity is more visible in Acts 4.12 when Peter declares that there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Seeing both Joel 2 and Acts 4 side by side allows us to see that Jesus is not only the Lord of the Gospels or the early church, but he is the promised Messiah from old, whom the Lord said to his servant David, I will raise up from your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom." He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. 2 Samuel 7, 12-14 Seeing Jesus through the Old Testament eyes teaches us about the unique identity and authority of Jesus being the Christ. Peter and the other apostles make this connection crystal clear when they preach the gospel to the crowds and to the religious opponents. They declare the name of Jesus in the power of God's spirit, that he is the cornerstone of God's house, the one whom was rejected and crucified, yet God raised from the dead. And because of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, salvation is accomplished and his name is exalted. The Apostle Paul later writes in Philippians 2, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In closing, I want to discover the reality of Jesus' name being given superiority over all other names and how this has a great effect on our lives as disciples of Jesus. First, it changes the way that we pray, giving us boldness and confidence. Paul states in Ephesians 3.12 that in Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Therefore, because of our faith in Jesus, we can pray in the power of the Spirit, asking to know the will of God and to be conformed to the image of Christ. For in Jesus' name, we have full access to the Father and we can approach His throne of grace with confidence. Second, it changes the way we share our faith, knowing that it is the power of Christ working through us. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is a great relief for us as believers, knowing that it is not our works, but by the mighty hand of God that others would believe and be saved. For salvation is in the power of God working from the beginning to end. And third, it changes the way we live for God's glory. In 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12, the word of God says, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. In everything that takes place in our life, 
from salvation to glorification, the name of Jesus is to be revered, honored, and glorified. This is the chief end for all believers, that God may be glorified in all that we do and that we would enjoy him forever. Therefore, in every gospel proclamation, in every miracle performed, in every life transformed, it should point towards the name of Jesus, our resurrected King, who is surely alive and advancing his kingdom. I hope this podcast has given you great encouragement in your walk with the Lord as you continue to know him and make him known in your life. As the Apostle Paul once wrote, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. God bless you.